Hey friends, this is Pop Culture Makes Me Jealous, where we discuss pop culture through the lens of race or gender, and sometimes both. I'm your host, Julia Washington, and today's show, Amy Albertson is back, and we are discussing the cult classic, Freaks and Geeks. This episode is brought to you by Hughes by Jewels. Hughes by Jewels offers custom artwork and original prints specializing in watercolor, focusing on the human form and different shades of skin. If you're looking for that perfect gift for a birthday or have a special memory you'd like to commemorate, visit Hughes by Jewels on Instagram or find the Etsy shop of the same name. That's Hughes, H-U-E-S by Jewels, J-U-L. S. Freaks and Geeks made its network television debut on September 25th, 1999. It stars Linda Cardellini, John Francis Daly, Jason Siegel, and Martin Starr, just to name a few. This brilliant show was created by Paul Feig with Judd Apatow as an executive producer. But before we dive in, let me tell you about our guest. Amy Albertson is a Jewish advocate and educator from California. She's an active online voice for mixed Jews, particularly highlighting her experience as an Asian American Jewish woman. Welcome back, my friend. What's up? So happy to be on the pod again, because (laughs) let's be real, we have plenty of of media to discuss that we love heck yes and sometimes it's fun to talk about things that aren't about our own cultures you know just pick it apart a little bit about like this is how people live what yeah we watch regular tv too yes exactly okay fans we're gonna hit you with the summary of the show if you haven't seen it i honestly have no idea what you're doing with your lives After the death of her grandmother, Lindsay Weir starts hanging out with a new group of friends attempting to transition from academic elite to the group of burned out freaks, while her younger brother Sam and his group of geeks try to survive high school as freshmen. Set in the Detroit suburbs of the 1980s, Freaks and Geeks is a delightful and relatable tale of misfits on both sides of the high school social spectrum. When this show first released, The Hollywood Reporter had this to say, it turns out that the best of the season's new crop of youth-oriented dramas is found not on the WB or Fox, but NBC. There, a series with the uninviting name Freaks and Geeks offers the most sensitive, touching, and yes, humorous look at the joys and pains of adolescence since the Wonder Years. The show only lasted one season and really only 18 episodes at that. I remember queuing up the big screen TV to watch. And in those days, the big screen TV is literally a box with a screen in it. (laughs) Everyone to understand it's not big screens of today. I even recorded the last three episodes on VHS. I was so disappointed that it was canceled. A fact that I discovered while reading TV guide on a frozen yogurt run with my sibling. I begged my mom to let me leave the TV on so that ratings would reflect our set. So Amy, let's start in the most easiest place we possibly can. 
When did you first discover Freaks and Geeks and tell me why you love it so much? All right. So I have to admit that I did not watch it when it was on television. I was a bit young to be having TV preferences or probably to even understand that subject matter. But I discovered Freaks and Geeks at a very poignant time in my life, which was when I first went to college. My first roommate in college, um, a wonderful young lady named Andrea, who I don't know where she is in the world now, but she was a painter and she loved all the best movies and TV shows. And she had all the DVDs and because this was still pre streaming and she had freaks and geeks the whole season. And I was like, what's this? Cause she told me you can watch anything you want of my stuff. And I'm like, what's this? She's like, oh, wow, that's such a good TV show. You should watch it. Obviously, I started watching it. And this was when I was like getting, I was like very depressed. I hated college at that point. I basically sat in my room all the time. So I just binge watched it. And then I was like, where's the second season? She's like, oh, honey, no. And then I watched it probably 10 times after that. I don't blame you. It's so good. It's so good. And you know what? Like, I kind of love that you discovered it in college because, you you know, at that point, then you have a little bit more of a better handle on some of the jokes and you've experienced high school. So you have like that relatability to it, too. I um, I was a freshman like Sam and Bill and oh, perfect Neil. So yes. it was definitely like, <laughs> OK. And they're, and we're all roughly the same age, like Sam, actually a lot of the cast, um, like Sam Neil, the guys who play Sam Neil and Bill are all like, like 1982 to 1985 birth years. And then like everyone else is like 1978 to like 1980 and like the older group. Um, so they were all roughly like appropriately aged peer wise as well. And, um, it's crazy mm -hmm. that they play characters that are, were they age appropriate for the characters they were playing i think so yeah i mean with the exception of like james franco and linda carlini right, right. but yeah i think everyone else was for the most part that's so think, rare i know i know because james franco is the same age as my brother he was born in 77 and then linda carlini i want to say was born in like 76 or something like that so they're a little bit older than everybody else but not by much because I mean, I don't know. <laughs> well, that's so good because you always see these like 30-year-olds playing 16-year-olds and then you're like, why don't I look like that? Mm -hmm. Because you haven't grown up into an adult yet. Yeah, 90210. Think it like Andrea <laughs> from 90210. Oh my gosh. Like 30s. She was even pregnant on the show at one point and they had to like hide her pregnancy. Oh, goodness. <laughs> yeah. So there's that. Um and it, I just think it's the funny, it's so funny. Like even to this day, it's so funny. <laughs> I mean, I think, yeah, I don't know. I, I guess I actually can't even speak to the fact if they're having high schoolers play high schoolers anymore. The first thing I, that comes to my mind is euphoria, which is not high schoolers playing high schoolers doing things that high schoolers shouldn't be doing, but that's another episode. Yeah. <laughs> that's another podcast episode. When I first watched Euphoria, I mean, yes, it is another podcast episode, but I have to say this out loud because I, I wasn't, I was sheltered, but I wasn't sheltered as a mm -hmm. high schooler. So when I first watched Euphoria, I was like, I, is this, what? Is yeah, same. That and was I'm, also my reaction. 
And I'm the era of she's all that 10 things I hate about you can't hardly wait, bring it on. So like to see euphoria and then compare it to what we were given in high school and like step-by-step, you know, the kids were in high school. Like, I mean, I come from the era of mean girls, which I think is very similar to freaks and geeks like segue, but yeah, I'm just like, oh, is this what the kids are doing these days, watching these days, Mm -hmm. wanting to do these days? Great cool yeah I was like I was not this advanced and I thought I was pretty like grown (laughs) and now I'm just like anyway not to digress but here we go back into our topic yes sorry everyone that's how we do (laughs) yes the fact that a teen show was on NBC was kind of a big deal oh right because the CW it wasn't the CW at the time it was still the The WB was all about like Gilmore Girls and um One Tree Hill and yeah, like those were all the shows that I watched mm-hmm. they were was all... the OC what what channel was the OC on I think it was also this well I think they were the CW by the time the OC came around really mm-hmm. because the WB became CW but people don't remember that the WB before it was the W B was UPN. No, and- I remember because yes! also because also wasn't like Seventh Heaven. Yes, and that stuff on there because I watched on all the of WB. That. Mm-hmm. The yeah. WB, the WB <laughs> with the frog, I'm- the frog. Yes. Okay. Sometimes I'm old. <laughs> Yikes. <laughs> I so I appreciate you so much right now. Yikes! It, it makes our our age gap feel non-existent. <laughs> I mean, it's not even that big, but you know, some a few a few formative years makes a bigger difference. Yes, yes, yes. Okay, back to our original topic. Sorry. In 2001, the New York Times ran an article announcing the discovery of Freaks and Geeks now airing on the Fox Family Channel Tuesday nights. Writer Terry Teachout pens a review that reads more like a love letter to the show whose life was cut too short. In addition to admiration, Teachwood offered this opinion, quote, the most believable thing about the utterly believable show is that virtually every episode is made to pivot on an experience intrinsic to teenage life embarrassment (laughs) and i'm inclined to agree so true so spot on Every episode has some sort of cringy teenage scenario that regardless of the era in which the show is set feels like it could happen today. So Amy, let's talk about it. Do you have a favorite episode? And yes. Why? Okay, tell me. Yes. Tell me which one. So I always, like I remember before like coming on to to the podcast I was thinking like about this question and I was like my instinct before I rewatched again was and I think it's only like the second episode but it's Fears and Weirs. Yes. <laughs> The party, the party episode is too good. It's so good. It's too good. It's, it's so good. And I was the, and because I was like prepared, I hadn't even rewatched the episode yet. Yeah. But I had the song, Jesus is all right with me stuck in my head. And I was like humming the song and my boyfriend's like, what are you singing? And I was like, I can't sing it out loud. I'm embarrassed. (laughs) And he's like, what is this from? Why are you singing this? And I'm like, it's from Freaks and Geeks. You don't even know. Uh, yeah. 
that for sure for sure my favorite episode is the party episode um it's so good for friends at home who haven't seen it yet i'm sorry it's not ruining it to tell you the premise but basically Lindsay's parents go out of town they decide to have a party classic. sam freaks out because she's hanging out with all these new friends <laughs> and they're gonna trash the house so they get this idea to switch out the keg with a keg <laughs> of non-alcoholic beer it's just too funny and then and then okay and this is also because i think i partially love this episode because i'm a huge bill fan the character bill is by far my favorite and in this episode he's like i don't want to miss dallas so i'm gonna watch it at your house so he's like in sam's room watching dallas drinking from the real keg accidentally getting wasted such a good episode like you want to come out of the gate strong on a tv show you do it with an episode like this one it was so good oh man yeah i mean everything everything from okay so yeah like everything from the drinking and driving skits at school that day or the day before um so funny which were which okay so i just love how cindy can we talk about cindy for a second and how she's in that skit with all with millie and that kid who i don't know his name but he's like the older guy who apparently is cool but he's really not cool at all um but cindy is in this girl is just she just is doing too much for me she's like (laughs) she's in the school skit she's on the yearbook she's a cheerleader she planned the whatever carnival thing they had Cindy's a whole thing. She's, she's a whole cool. thing. Yeah, because she's like cool but does uncool stuff at the same time, which uh-huh. is which is like why can't maybe I'm getting ahead of myself or getting okay. too far in, but like Lindsay, so Lindsay's character, she like was a math lead and did mm-hmm. academic decathlon, but now she's a quote unquote freak, which by the way, I don't know, maybe it's because I'm too young, but when I I'd never have heard this term to refer to like stoners i thought they're just called stoners or burnouts we called them burnouts yeah stoners burnouts i don't know like the bad kids but i've never heard freaks so um but yeah like why can't Lindsay be a a cindy like why can't she be doing it all Mm -hmm. her parents crack me up man wow they are so the mom in freaks and geeks i don't think i ever saw her again in anything i know she's in other things but i saw her finally when i was watching girls i believe she plays lena dunham's character's mother yeah she totally does and she plays miranda's sister on sex in the city oh really Mm -hmm. okay so i guess i just that didn't ever click with me but yeah so she plays lena dunham's mother which Mm -hmm. is a very different mother from Mm -hmm. the weir mother Mm -hmm. and i think she has like a a sex scene where like lena dunham's character like walks in on her parents having sex and i was just so like (gasps) not mrs weir right i was like oh no that would never happen never my favorite episode is the episode where george bush comes to town oh yes i mean beers and weirs is definitely by far the best episode of the season because it's so funny but then my second favorite is the one where 
Bush comes to town because, you know, they're doing all this stuff and Lindsay gets tapped to write a question and then her question gets rejected. And she's like, and the, um, Mr. Rosso, the guidance counselor is pissed and all this stuff. It's just so funny because like, you know, her dad's like, where, you know, plug the store. You're a weird, you have to plug the store. Oh yeah. The store. <laughs> like, I don't want to. And then, um, that actually is the episode that kind of made me hate Cindy because she was just so kind of like shitty to Sam. Oh yeah. Cause that's when S- Sam and Cindy finally spoiler alert, like do date. Yeah. And she's like, you're supposed to be nice. And and she just doesn't listen to him. She doesn't like, he's such a sweet kid. Like, and she's just not nice. And then I love when like the dinner scene, when she's like, as the young, as the president of the young Republicans club, I get to introduce George Bush. <sighs> and Lindsay's like, that's Okay. And they're, they're like, isn't that great, Lindsay? Like, oh my God, Lindsay, isn't this so great for um Cindy? And she's like, Yeah, if you're a Republican. I know. <laughs> Dad's like, <laughs> everyone's a Democrat until they own land. <laughs> oh my gosh. Oh my gosh. It just makes me like it makes it reminds me of my my dad a bit. <laughs> like he would say that because he was a small business owner, so he's like it's all fun and games till you own your own business or something. Yeah. He would say something like that. Yeah. Um, so that funny. is also a good episode. And I feel like, I just feel like s- so many of these episodes parallel plot with that 70s show. Mm. But this show came first. Did it? I thought this, that, that 70s show released in 1998, 99. Oh, maybe. Season. I mean, maybe. I just guess like not all of the episodes that parallel the plots mm-hmm. came out that early. But there's an episode where it's not George Bush. It's obviously whoever, whoever Jimmy, Carter or Jimmy Carter or something comes. And um, Donna's family, her dad has like the matching jumpsuits so that they make the American flag. Yes. Oh, my God. That's such a, I forgot about that. And that's all I could think about when I was like watching this episode. I'm like the Weir family needs american flag <laughs> jumpsuits that like say the name of the store on it or yeah, something yeah a1 sporting goods yes <laughs> i love it and the other one i love was when daniel tried to be a punk he's like i'm a punker oh <laughs> yeah yeah oh my gosh and he like doesn't he he like diys his clothes mm-hmm. and Gets a safety pin nose piercing oh gosh mm-hmm. yeah i was just thinking like tetanus shot yeah please yeah the whole time he did mm-hmm. that that one's funny too they're all great there's not a bad episode in the bunch at all one of my like i would have to say my least favorite episode to watch only because it's like makes me so cringe and you just feel uncomfortable the whole time is i don't know the name of it but it's where Lindsay and Wow, I'm just blanking on his Nick. name. Jason, Jason, yes, Nick. Duh. When Lindsay and Nick are like in their relationship and he's clingy. And oh, he, yeah. And she wants to break up with him, but everyone tells her not to. Mm-hmm. And he just, I just feel bad because I feel so bad for him. Mm-hmm. I want to help him, but also I feel so bad for her that I'm like, yeah, I know, girl, you want to break up with this guy. Yeah. He was just so cringe. I, I just feel so uncomfortable 
watching it and not because <laughs> they're like my friends, right? I'm like, I want to talk to you about uh-huh. it, Lindsay, or like, Nick, yeah. I just chill, chill out, Nick. Mm-hmm. Like, but they're TV characters and you can't actually speak to them. So. No, you can't. And he had a 28 piece drum set, which is a little excessive. 29. <laughs> 29. You're right. That's it. 29 piece mm-hmm. drum set. Mm-hmm. Yep. That's excessive. Whether your account needs a refresh or you're just starting out, Amy Albertson will jumpstart your personal brand and strategy with Instagram Power Hour, a jam-packed power coaching session for anyone looking to enhance their brand or business's Instagram presence. You will walk away with tangible action steps and workbooks to keep you on track with your goals. For more information, visit www amyalbertson.com slash power hour. Lindsay's intrigue of Daniel, which is in the earlier episodes played by James Franco and her subsequent relationship with Nick played by Jason Siegel is not just a confusing new social venture, but she's learning about what it means to be in a relationship. Daniel's relationship with Kim played by busy Phillips is loud, abrasive, and completely unsteady. Wow. Before joining the ranks of the freaks, Lindsay was close with Millie, a fellow mathlete who is a good, she is good for goodness sake. Millie is involved in school and she participates in all of the things that we talked about earlier. And she worries that Lindsay is making the worst decision of her life by hanging out with the freaks. Unlike Millie, Kim is uncontrolled, gets high, smokes, and is mediocre at school at best. But they both bring out qualities in Lindsay that are true. And Lindsay must find the balance. It's perfectly normal to be in high school and question everything you have ever known about life, the path you're on, the friends you spend time with. And I feel like that's especially true after you experience some sort of death or loss. So let's talk about Lindsay Weir's journey into the new freakish life and leaving her square world behind. (laughs) Coming of age and self-exploration are timeless themes. And in the world of Lindsay Weir, in the 1980s, how is this relatable to kids like us that can never experience the 80s in this way? I mean, it's relatable to, I think, anyone who ever went to high school, whether, you know, you're kind of finding yourself, and I would argue that you don't even find yourself until you get to college, so mm-hmm. whatever, and even after that, who am I right now? Who knows? Yeah. <laughs> um, <laughs> Girl, I'm pushing 40, and I still have those moments. I mean, it's like, call me in five years and see if I'm remotely the same. Yeah. Um, yeah. But yeah, I mean, anyone in high school has these experiences where you hang out with certain kids, you drift from other kids, and you have different interests, you know, Mm -hmm. like, even like, you know, Daniel decides he's going to be punk one day, and then (laughs) it lasts for like, yeah, a punker for like a week. Um, I definitely relate to Lindsay, even though I didn't grow up in the 80s, just on the fact that like, I was very in middle school I was like so academically inclined which is how I ended up going to the high school I did and then in high school I was like this is hard Mm -hmm. I don't really like school anymore and I started to do art more and I mean not that there were like art kids there weren't really art kids but then it was like yeah I do art I don't I'm not as academically advanced anymore and I don't care, but it was like a weird thing to be floating between my friends who were still very academically advanced and then kids who were doing art, but then also my other friends who were, I guess they would be called like 
air quotes bad kids but they're like not bad at yeah. all um especially considering euphoria but <laughs> but yeah i guess they're like doing drugs and smoking pot and whatever what i love about Lindsay is that even though she leaves the, leaves the mathletes she does eventually make her way back right she's still the best out of it like ev- like no one compares to her like she's still the best mathlete of the bunch and i just love that she can break away for a little while go and explore and then come back and still be really strong in you know this yeah really, in this area and then um the other thing that I really love about her is that she's always been, she was never shy to be like, that's sexist. That's not okay. Like, just because I'm a girl, I should do this. That's yes. Stupid. I love her sass in that mm-hmm. way. But that's kind of like, I also like how, spoiler alert again, uh, I also like how she ends up not, because I feel like in the 90s, especially, and I don't know, growing up as like a millennial this cookie cutter way of life is taught to us like you need to do well in high school to get into a good college to get into a master's program to get your master's and then do a career that you're going to work in for 30 plus years so you can have a good retirement and then yeah and you're just like i don't know you sold your soul to corporate america um but Lindsay doesn't sell her Mm -hmm. soul to corporate america as far as we know as far as we know. And I, and again, we're just going to spoil this show for you. You just also need to watch it. The very final episode, she gets tapped to be in this very prestigious program at University of Michigan, which is a really good school. Yeah. And so she's, you know, str- like she's like, I don't want to do that. What? No, I'm not that smart. I'm not smart enough for that. What? But she is, but she's had to like downplay how smart she is kind of through the whole season but then she makes this huge decision at the end, you know, she, her relationship with Kim Kelly started really rocky and then they developed this huge, this really great bond by the end. And she does this, I think it's like a super selfless act, what she did where they, um, decide to go on the road trip to follow the grateful dead around rather than, um, she go to the academic thing. And I think it's selfless because Kim, is jealous of Lindsay and all the opportunity that she has that is not available to, to herself. And so, you know, she says this line, Kim, you can travel too. Like you can do something over summer break too. And Kim's like, that costs money. I don't have the resources. Like I can't do that. And then she makes this trip happen for her. And while it's a big deal to go to this academic thing and be with this like intellectual elite at the same time, Lindsay's proven she can step away and still come back the best so it's okay if she goes and has a fun summer totally and can can we for a second that just made me have a thought about um about how you know Kim's life Kim Kelly's life and Lindsay Weir's life are so different and Lindsay's like clearly a star academically and she comes from a pretty stable you know average suburban family that's not that's you know doing pretty well and then Kim she comes from single parent household you know her mom scream at each other is pretty insane to say the least um like l- they lost their house they live in a trailer all these things and and the guidance counselor jeff <laughs> who's also a great character but why is the guidance counselor spending so much time 
on Lindsay, who does not need his guidance. Mm -hmm. She's going to eventually do the right thing anyway, right? Like it's ingrained in her. It's part of her fiber. It's part of her whole upbringing and culture. She's rebelling ish, but it's not going to be, she's going to be lost the way that potentially Kim Kelly could. Well, and I think this is just like very reflective of real life where it's like, why wouldn't you spend the time to actually help kids like Kim Kelly and Daniel like yes. there's the episode with the cheating and Daniel as much as it's like his bullshit speech that he rehearsed it's probably a true story and also yeah why does the 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 math teacher tells Lindsay when she's like I'll tutor him it'll be fine like he'll do better and he's like Lindsay you can't tutor him like he's worthless yeah. I was so angry at that math teacher in that moment it's just like yeah these kids are gonna end up in jail or whatever you say because you tell them that and you treat them like there's no other option for them Mm -hmm. and then people like Lindsay, not that you shouldn't help her but like she doesn't need your guidance jeff she keeps telling you she's cool yeah but you just want to give her all the attention because he's your pet project i don't know yeah yeah that's a really good point about daniel too because he kind of gets saved in in the end a little bit by the geek group where he um i love that scene when they're when they're like come play dungeons and dragons and he's like "Uh, what no like that's dumb and then by the end of it he's like this is awesome i'll see you guys tomorrow to play another game (laughs) yeah i think that's like such a great moment yeah do you have a favorite of the freak group I think Daniel is my favorite, um, not just because he's James Franco, mm-hmm. but I do think he's my favorite because he's very himself, but he also has his like deeper sort of brooding times where we mm-hmm. get to see like character development. And then he also, he's the one who's like the nicest to other people. Like yeah. Ken, Seth Rogen's character, you're a dick. <laughs> You're just straight up a dick. Yep. And um, Jason Siegel's character, Nick, I like him. But again, he his whole clingy episode that just stage really clinger stuff wrote, is real hard. Yeah, just like I had to write you off. Sorry, Trump. That's like triggering. Um, <laughs> and I like him. I do like her. I think I like how we see different elements of her character. But at the end of the day, I just I love Daniel. Mm-hmm. same that is when um 1999 <laughs> is when i developed my crush on james franco yes. and uh it lasted far too long um and probably sort of diminished around the time all the accusations about him became public and i was like oh because right. i didn't really i didn't really like get into his personal like when i have a celebrity crush i don't get into their personal life i'm yeah. just like i need you to stay my celebrity crush and that's you're just gonna be this right i'm like you're the green goblin you're so hot Mm. (laughs) yeah mm. and and so yeah for a long time it was not okay i've seen every single movie he's done with seth rogan same i well i used to be a big seth rogan james franco like they were my Mm -hmm. boys i Mm -hmm. was all about them and for different reasons for each of them i'm now like less than you yeah, and it's so weird to think that Seth Rogen started out as Ken on Freaks and Geeks when you think about the catalog that he and, and James Franco did and the kinds of characters he's played in those movies they've done together. I guess, to be honest, I was like, yep, that's that's Seth Rogen. I don't know. Like, looking back, like because I watched it 
yeah so a part of the reason i originally was like so latched on was because i was in my my era of like being a huge seth rogan and james Mm -hmm. franco fan Mm -hmm. and i kind of thought yeah i guess like in that time when i was like much more admire what is it called admiring of seth rogan and that doesn't that's not the right verb it's not the right word but we'll take it but when I was admiring Seth Rogen more than now, I didn't think Ken was like a fair character, right? I was like, oh, he's kind of an asshole. That sucks. But now looking back on it, when, I mean, now that I'm watching it now, <laughs> I just said now 300 times. <laughs> Today, watching it again, um, I'm like, yeah, Seth Rogen, you're playing yourself. <laughs> Yeah. I do appreciate what he's doing for the Alzheimer's research. No, he is. Yeah, he is. He is. But I, at the same time, again, they're all human and they all make mistakes and they all have their own personality traits and there's those yeah. moments. Well, Seth Rogen fell out with the Jewish people when he made comments about that he doesn't understand the concept of Israel. So that's didn't when I- didn't know that. Yeah, so- yeah, I don't want to get all into it yeah, and stuff, sure. but sure. but basically that's when I when he fell off his mm-hmm. pretty tall pedestal for me. But Fair. you know, still enjoy Freaks and Geeks. Not gonna not watch. I'm not one of those people who, unless they did something like very egregious, sure. I still am gonna watch it. Sorry. Yeah, I I mean I feel you on that because it's hard, right? The complicated relationship when characters do when when humans in real life do complicated things, Mm -hmm. like there's a point where freaks and geeks was kind of a balm for me where it was like, yeah, I feel awkward in high school and I don't really know how to fit. And I have a really good friend group that I'm spending time with. And we also don't like all of us don't really fit. Yeah. So this is comforting. This is comfortable. This is nice. This brings me and now watching it. It's like, this brings me nostalgia in a way that I really appreciate, especially as I'm looking at high school was 20 years ago. Uh, Uh, (laughs) Yeah. Hard life. It hurts. Yeah. I feel like watching it at the time was probably like catharsis and Mm -hmm. then watching it now is like nostalgia. Mm -hmm. Yep. Look how far we've come. I know. (laughs) great i have a dog now it's fine i had a dog back then too but still but it's your dog it wasn't it was yeah it was a family dog now you have your own dog exactly exactly yes sam bill and neil are the geeks of the show and they spend their time playing dungeons and dragons and being part of the av club they are the three musketeers who love comedy shows but sam has a crush on cindy sanders as we've mentioned earlier she's a cheerleader who is sweet and kind until she's not but also popular Her social rank is cool and Sam can't help but pine after her. Sam's journey out of geekdom isn't as obvious as his sister's journey out of the into freakness and is mercilessly mocked by his friends when he does attempt to be cool. But ultimately, through the entire season, Sam stays true to his friendships. So let's talk about this geek group for a bit. The dynamics between Sam, Bill, and Neil and how they, I think they still, I think they stole the show. They are definitely like, yeah, I guess like, um, why am I calling her Linda? Cause that's her real name. I guess Lindsay, (laughs) oh, Lindsay and Linda. I never even thought of it. Lindsay is technically like the main character, Mm -hmm. but 
I'm sorry, Sam, Bill, and Neil are it for me. They're they so fucking funny. Are the best. The three of them, the chemistry the three of them have uh-huh. is so good. And whoever cast that was way genius. To go, way to go. And I love when I one you mentioned Bill wanting to watch Dallas in that second episode um, during the party. And I love that that's a thing throughout the entire yes. season. He's like, I can't. Dallas is on that night. Or yes. when his mom's dating um, Biff. From oh, gosh. <laughs> yes. My brother My brother walked in and he's like looking, looking at the screen like, what? <laughs> I'm like, yes. Yes, it is. Yes, it is. <laughs> and and Biff is watching some sport and, da- and here comes Bill shuffling out of his room. He's like, Dallas is on. Uh. <laughs> yes and and let's talk about how bill if you're gonna ask me because i know you're going to yeah bill is by far my favorite not only of the geeks but of the show i love bill his character is so good um yes yes bill. that episode when he's talking about his peanut allergy and then what's his face puts a peanut in his sandwich anyway oh he's my like, he's gosh. always lying about stuff and like everyone's like he literally could have died yeah it made me i so love sad. okay and also for halloween when he dresses up as the bionic, the bionic woman <laughs> and he's like looking at himself in the mirror and then he's talking on the phone <laughs> And he's like pretending to talk to, I don't remember who he's pretending to talk to on the phone, but it's hilarious. And then his mom gets on the phone and it's like, Bill, I need to use the phone. He's like, oh, oh yeah. Okay, mom. Sorry. Sorry. I'll get off the phone. Cause he's not even actually on the phone. He's just yeah. pretending. But yes, he also did such a good job of dressing up as a woman, which as a high school freshman, I'm like really ballsy, dude. Like he yeah. really went all the way with it. Yeah. Yeah, because it's like, how are you? They're, they're, the jocks are so mean to him. They do what's called a clean out for our listeners at home. And that's basically they run up behind him and knock their books out of their hands. Yeah. Um, and other little things like that throughout the whole season. And he's just him. He's like, this is who I am. Fucking take it or leave it. And yes. I love that about him. Like he never doubts himself real there's that the what the peanut episode he does kind of get a little sad because his friends don't want to do was it the sci-fi festival and they're trying to figure out how to get with the cheerleaders oh and like yeah because and he because he, he's like hey you guys like we like this why are you trying to be someone you're not mm-hmm. you know and i love um i just blanked on what i was what i was thinking about when the girl when he's in seven minutes in heaven no but that's also great that when he okay the episode where it's like not even a major thing but yeah like you said he's so sure of himself and he like the episode where he prank calls the <laughs> the pe yes. coach and the first time he prank calls him he tells the guy like why aren't you giving the boys the other like the geeks a chance to play you're always just letting the cool popular dudes mm-hmm. be in charge of the baseball game he's like he could be very good at baseball but you don't know because you don't let him play yeah. and i was like yeah bill you tell him like oh you're prank calling someone to like make a <laughs> to, like advocate you're not yeah. like telling him his refrigerator is running away right. right oh he's such a great character and then um 
Leslie Mann is on it, right? She's plays the teacher yes. who's like just loves Bill also. And I just I always love that. And then I never researched it, but I always wondered if like that's how she and Judd Apatow met. Or if they already knew each other. Yeah. Each I other. wonder where they begin because I do love I do love them and mm-hmm. their children. Mm-hmm. One of whom is on Euphoria. <laughs> I didn't know that in season yeah. two. Maud. No, she's in both. She's in season. Why not? It's, it's listen. I watched season one before COVID. Right. Yeah. Same. So I'm. I'm like before I can watch season two, I have to watch season one again because it's been I so mean, long. I should have watched season one again. I only watched the first episode of season two. Um. But yeah. Anyway, Maud Apatow is in euphoria i love their jergens commercials they do together yes <laughs> yes the, yeah. oh the what does With she call elbows them or something the, your elephant yeah. elbows or something yeah like <laughs> the elbows like okay that's a thing like i was at it and you event. don't inherit it though no do i don't you? think so i don't think so but like <laughs> i was at an event years ago with a family friend and she we saw a mutual person we know and she and the gal are the same age so we're seven years apart and she looks at me and she goes if my elbows ever do my elbows look that old she's <gasps> the same age do my elbows look that old and i was oh, like no i don't think so like no she called you out he's like you have ashy elbows I was like I don't look at your elbows I'm sorry but I tell you what since then because it wasn't about me it was about this other gal but since then now I'm like the first thing I oil is my elbows I mean yeah look the Jergens commercial works because it made I always am thinking about how my elbows are not moisturized yeah yeah but that's another episode yeah I don't know. I just want I'm just going to say that every time we get on a tangent. I know, right? It's great. We're going to have snippets. Um, but let's but you mentioned okay, so you mentioned um Leslie Mann mm-hmm. is in it and there's can we talk about how there's so many good famous people just in other famous people? Ben Stiller. <laughs> Wait, when? He's Where's in Ben the Stiller? Episode he plays the secret service guy. Oh, yes. Okay, mm-hmm. and then Shia LaBeouf yeah, Shia LaBeouf is the little uh-huh. mascot dude uh-huh. who gets a concussion. <laughs> and um, Goldberg from Mighty Ducks. Yep. And the the guy who's the puts the peanuts in uh, his sandwich is from Sandlot. He's Squints from the Sandlot. Oh, right, 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 right. Yes, I that okay. That character. Can we talk about him? Yeah. I hate him. Yeah. He's the worst. He's the absolute worst. He literally almost killed Bill. He's literally so annoying all the time, like the entire time. Like, mm-hmm. And then, sorry, I'm cutting you off. And then no. um, the gal who plays Sarah at later in the season, she is Janice Ian on Mean Girls. Yes, Janice Ian. And then also this, this person's not really famous, not super famous, but um, – the the head cheerle Vicky, Vicky the cheerleader she's from like Reba yep. and other stuff I guess yep. Sweet Magnolia I think is the oh, recent, most right. recent thing I've seen her in and then um people that don't have major roles but well J- Mr Rosso he does he's on Gilmore yeah. Girls later <laughs> oh <laughs> yeah like, I was like why do I know more? him so funny but also so is Matt Zucre he's on an episode the episode where it's the big school 
the one where Sam tries out to be the mascot yes. and this high school rival, Matt Zucre is part of the other school. And when Daniel and Kim, and I think Ken are vandal vandalizing yes. the car. Yes. He's the oh guy. My that gosh. I was like, like <gasps> Logan. Yeah. And then, um, Tana Rory's roommate in college, not Paris, not the runner, but the okay. other one, the really scared, timid one. She is in the mathletes no i have to see now i'm like i need to watch it again yet again <laughs> um also the guy who plays todd he's yeah. like a disney channel star isn't he <gasps> oh my gosh i don't know but i'm gonna believe you he's like not in free willy or something but he's in like he's in like those i don't know he's that in like my of... childhood era yeah movies i swear how funny how funny I'm also convinced that everything can get tied to Gilmore Girls. <laughs> I probably I feel like Gilmore Girls is like the Kevin Bacon of Television. millennials or yeah. something. Yeah, one hundred percent, one hundred. Because she's all that has a connection to um, Gilmore Girls because Milo Ventimiglia plays one of the freshman soccer players who comes into the house to clean. Oh my gosh! I did I. You're blowing my mind. It's such a quick shot, you know. Blowing like, my mind. Well, that's like, I mean, this is not the same thing, but it's like, do you know Seth Rogen is in um I just blanked on the name. Jake Gyllenhaal, Emo, Bunny Rabbit, Donnie Darko. Bunny, Donnie Darko. Seth Rogen is in Donnie Darko. What? Yeah. He's like a kid, the kid in the class that asks he like asks a dumb question i can't oh remember what it gosh. is but i was like what yeah i'm gonna i'm gonna have to rewatch that again it's been a while i watched that. you ever want to do a donnie darko episode i smuggled a vhs into my house because i wasn't allowed to watch rated r movies oh and i watched donnie darko late at night by myself and you got scared Mm-hmm. yeah because it's not it's not for kids nope 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 i don't know i mean as a like hipster emo middle schooler slash high schooler i was like obsessed with donnie darko yeah i just feel like through this show i'm realizing all the reasons why i'm really messed up because <laughs> of all the tv we watched at the wrong age uh-huh yep 100 percent. 100 percent. maya my yoga audio an intimate podcast experience of yoga just for you your mind on your mat, listen closely, expand exponentially. Hosted by Megan Morgan, a yoga teacher, writer, and artist. You can listen to her podcast wherever you find your podcasts. Okay. In June of 2021, IndieWire ran this headline, Judd Apatow and Paul Feig rejected MTV offer for Freaks and Geeks season two over lower budget. Where, read I know, right? Where readers learn that Judd Apatow turned down an offer from MTV to produce a second season. Ultimately, Apatow and Feig decided not to take the deal, stating, we didn't want to, we didn't want to do a weaker version of the show. NBC had the money to bring in the music needed to add the quality and authenticity of the 1980s vibe. And, you know, the opening song is Joan Jett mm -hmm. in the Blackheart. So, of course, oh, like good. that's cost money. It's hard to think about what it would be like to have more than 18 episodes of Freaks and Geeks. But the careers of many of these young stars would have likely been different if they had been committed to more seasons. Linda Cardellini has credits that include ER, Legally Blonde, Mad Men, 
Dead to Me. And more recently, she plays Laura Barton, wife of Clint Barton, a.k.a. Hawkeye, a.k.a. Oh my God, Jeremy yes. Renner, who is from Modesto. So I got to throw that little Modesto te- tag oh in there. Oh my God, yes. Mm-hmm. James Franco and Seth Rogen, as we mentioned, went on to do numerous films together. Jason Siegel was in films like Forgetting Sarah Marshall and I Love You Man. And his biggest hit was the TV show How I Met Your Mother. Busy Phillips was in shows like Dawson's Creek and Cougar Town. And I actually think she had a couple of spots she's on ER in, too. She's also in White Chicks. That's right. And other numerous, and she's like, she's always play, she always plays one of those kind of characters in like numerous other movies, but specifically she's in White Chicks. Yeah. And she's in I Feel Pretty with Amy Schumer. And I was so happy yes. to see her not playing some sort of aggressive or dopey type of blonde. She was like yes. the even tempered friend. And it was so nice to see her in that role. Regardless of what the cast of Freaks and Geeks went on to do, fans everywhere can't help but wonder what happened to our dear friends over the course of their lives. So let's speculate a little bit. If there had been additional seasons, what kind of life events would you like, would you like to see for our freaks and geeks friends? I did a bad thing and I Googled the show before the, before this. And why is that bad? Because on the Wikipedia page, there's a section where Paul Feig actually like told people what would happen to the characters had there been more seasons. Oh my God, tell me, tell us, tell everybody. So, okay, I have to Google it again, but let me tell you what it says because I was like, oh my goodness. I'm dying to know because Lindsay- Why did know- I just type Wikipedia into my <laughs> Freaks and geeks. Hello, Google, can't you hear me talking about Freaks and Geeks for the last hour? Right? Okay, Freaks and Geeks. Yeah, he says planned storylines. So according to Wikipedia, in a 2012 interview with Vanity Fair, Paul Feig detailed what what would have happened to the characters if the show had continued. Lindsay would become a human rights lawyer, so great, years after following the Grateful Dead, which maybe I don't know anything about timelines, but like I thought the Grateful Dead was earlier because my aunt followed the Grateful Dead in the 60s. I'm pretty sure they were touring up until Jerry Garcia died in the early 90s. So I feel like um, that was a thing. And and their following was just very much that 60s vibe, hence the characters in the show. Got it. Okay. Sam would have joined the drama club. Not too interesting in my opinion. Yeah. Neil would cope with his parents' divorce by joining a swing choir in school. What's a swing choir? I have no idea. Okay. Like, do they sing swing music? I like it don't mean a thing yeah (laughs) yeah that sounds right um that sounds like really on brand for Neil (laughs) Um, Bill would join the basketball team becoming a jock and leading to tension with the geeks I love that for Bill to be honest I mean I don't want him to be mean but like yeah he's probably he says this earlier in one of the earlier episodes that like he because he's super tall already he's like I'm gonna fill out and I'm gonna be like you know, this big macho dude. And it's like, yeah, Bill, you probably are. Right. Um, Daniel ends up in jail. Okay. Which makes me feel sad because when you think about how much, how hard, when we get the insight of his family life and it's just so sad. Yeah. And it's like, again, hello, Jeff, where are you being, dealing? Yeah. Mm -hmm. Uh, Kim would become pregnant on, while on tour following the Grateful Dead. Oh my God. Which, okay, so she is my aunt, and 
Nick would be pressured by his strict father to join the army. Come on. I really wanted him not to do that. Yeah. But he gets but, just, he goes AWOL. <laughs> That's probably. not funny. It's not funny to go AWOL, but I no. feel like that would be in his in the I'm trying stars. to think like at the time, so it's in the eighties. So if mm-hmm. he went to the army, would he end up in a war? Because when does the Gulf War start? That's like I always mm-hmm. affiliate. I that always was in ninety. The nineties, like the early nineties. I so. think it was ninety because I was born in ninety one. Okay. Yeah. So I mean, that's sad, but because it's not. It's not specific to a year in the eighties either. Even though there's some like nineteen eighty paraphernalia around in the scenery, you have to really pay attention for that. Yeah. But they're very good at keeping it sort of vague about what year. But also Vice President George Bush. Yeah. So I mean Ronald Reagan was president when I was born. So that was 84. When who was George Bush vice president for? I thought I thought Ronald Reagan. He, okay, well, then that must be, yeah, so there you go. That must be it. Because I don't, yeah, the first president I, like, consciously remember is Bill Clinton. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> Good old Millie. And I mostly remember it the because scandal. of the scandal, which is crazy because I obviously did not understand at all what that Girl, meant. I was 12 and I barely understood. Yeah, I was like a child. So I Lindsay remember. and Bill are the only ones that I'm okay with. I kind of like and I Bill. wanted Kim. Daniel, sorry, go ahead. Well, Kim, I'm not like not okay with it, but I'm, it, you know, yeah. She's on that path kind of already anyway. Well, if it's, yeah, if she I doesn't feel... get pregnant from Daniel, she's getting pregnant from somebody. I well, I kind of would hope that she would get pregnant from Daniel. Yeah. And then, you know, I would hope that Kim and Lindsay would like deal with it together and it would yeah. be like inspiring. Yes, because I love again how she just Lindsay is always such a good friend to Kim regardless of like Kim being through her stuff yeah or like Kim randomly inviting her to her house for dinner (laughs) and lying to her parents that she has a house in Benton Harbor and then she's like I've never been there I don't know what am I supposed to say and she tries anyway it's just what friends do Benton Harbor Street yep and then I also like I love I was really hoping that Daniel was in a redemption zone of like, he's in with the geeks. He's not going to go out and party anymore because he's going to do Dungeons and Dragons. Oh yeah. I would, I, yeah, it would be so cool if he just like did a 180 and Mm -hmm. like became a geek, but also if he like bridged the gap, like he brought weed to Dungeons and Dragons, like that would be a dream, right? Yeah. It's like, let's play Dungeons and Dragons and also like have a beer and (laughs) and, like pass the joint around. That's just like the ideal little weekend. Yeah. And I, and I, I just was really also rooting for um, Nick to become a better drummer and like maybe not necessarily be in a big band but like a studio drummer where he's like playing music for a living well i in my mind he goes on to become his character in forgetting sarah marshall oh my gosh is like a tv composer yes that's such a great line to draw oh my gosh i love i'm like oh he does music yep he's Mm -hmm. gonna be that guy from forgetting sarah marshall yeah i can't remember his name i don't either but i love that movie it's so funny and and i I love love you man so good 
I love, I love you, man. So I was dating this guy at the time it came out who had just moved to LA and he is home visiting for the weekend because his family lived up here. And so we went to go see it and he, it, it was just so much fun. I don't know if it was because we both had just spent a weekend in LA together mm-hmm. and like, we were still like newly dating, even though we'd known each other forever. And then also Rashida Jones is in it and hashtag yes. team mixed. And so like, it was just like the perfect combination of all the positive things that you could make happen happening. So now I, even though like that, that relationship ended in a lot of tears I still love watching that movie because it brings back the feelings of that time and it just makes me so happy. That and movie it's funny. Is, it's such a funny movie. And my friend and I in high school used to, I used to like have this, not a legit alter ego, but it was just like a funny thing I would do sometimes. And it was my bro personality and we named him Pete. Yes. So then she would call me Pete and Peter and Pistol Pete. And I would call her Jobin or like all the weird <laughs> nicknames that Pete in the movie says because he's like, can't it's be a good so bro. Um, yeah. And, and John Favreau in that movie is so good. Oh my gosh. It's, yeah. And pa- hello, Paul Rudd. Like, yeah. can we do a Paul Rudd episode? Like a Paul Just Rudd appreciation episode? the whole hour. I'm here for it. All right, I was great. watching his interview with In Between the Ferns the other day. Oh, gosh. Yes. Zach Galvanakis said something about like, you know, how to hide your Jewishness or, or like something. No, he says, are you a practicing Jew? And he says, no, I've perfected it. Yes. He's so genius. He's so funny. And I just love him so much. I mean, he's just America's sweetheart. He really is. Yeah. He's not in Freaks and Geeks, though. No, he's not. Which is weird. He totally could have been. I think he, he should have right been for it, especially considering what he was doing in the 90s. That's what I would have liked for the next season, for Paul Rudd to be in the next season. That would have been awesome. And to see what could happen with um, Vicky and Bill. Like oh, maybe yeah. she's like, I can't stop thinking about her secret kiss. Yes. <laughs> I just want to see Bill blossom. Mm-hmm. And for I feel those- like his mom. I just want to see him, you know, yeah. do well. Oh my God. When his mom, when he's in the hospital, his mom was like, I was drinking a lot back then. And I thought, didn't we know back then that drinking while pregnant was bad? Is that new? Was that like a new thing? Well, he was born in Probably what Probably in the year? 60s, right? If oh no. Like, I mean, person. they knew, but like people, it was like, oh yeah, you shouldn't drink. But like, mm-hmm. I guess Not it's kind of- we know now. Yeah. yeah. Now they're like, don't even eat anything, basically. Yeah, when I had my son, it was like stay away from soft cheeses, and there was oh, like really? a whole host of stuff where I was just like raw fish, which okay, yeah, yeah I get no it. Sushi, no and sushi, like, mm-hmm, all this stuff, and I was just coffee. Like, yeah, I switched to decaf when I was pregnant. <laughs> like, I mean, I'm like, if when whenever I have a child, like. Do we want the child to be born? Because if we want me to live through nine months of caring said child, I don't know. Um, am I not supposed to drink coffee? I, I, I mean, I switched to decaf. All right. Well, this but is also that was really hard. <laughs> listeners, please submit your answers to this question when you listen to this yes. episode. Do we need to- 
can Amy drink coffee whenever she someday gets pregnant? And I'll keep you posted. And yeah. <laughs> um, and for friends at home, if you didn't know, Bill is in the Spider-Man franchise that includes Tom Holland. He is the teacher at the high school. And Bill that- is in a lot of things. Yeah. But he's that's like my favorite thing that he's in because he's just like, I just feel like. <laughs> you feel like he's Bill. Yes. Yeah. Me too. I just love him. He's like, the best. That's what happens to Bill. He grows up and he becomes a high school teacher to Spider-Man. Yep. Even though it's in New York. Current and era. from Detroit. <laughs> yeah. And, uh, you know, I love the shrine he built for him in the most recent <laughs> uh so funny anyway they should honestly if i could have had a lower budget second season or like show they could have made an offshoot about bill and i would have been so happy Mm -hmm. because then the other like bigger name characters like james franco and maybe the more expensive well they weren't that expensive then but Mm -mm. the more expensive actors and stuff and yeah and music and whatever they could have had less of it just saying judd apatow and paul Feig, you should have talked to me but yeah. you turned it down so here we are we feel like you didn't fully consider the offer Mm-mm. you're like we can't have the music we want so we're not gonna do it that's really rude i feel that that was rude yeah agreed Agreed, because there's so much potential for that show, and it was so great. And again, to your point about having actors who are high school, you know, appropriately cat aged cast, yes, to play these characters like that's a big deal because so often they're like <laughs> Andrea from Nine Hundred Two. Yeah, although as far as cast, so other than casting, like they're really amazing and the chemistry is so good. I have one complaint diversity there is none yeah like rashida jones is the only character of color i can even think of Mm -hmm. and she's not a character like you know she's not she's not yeah her character is just a person but yeah the only the only complaint i guess i have is diversity Mm -hmm. that's a fair i think that's a fair complaint because you're talking about michigan I don't know what the diversity numbers are in Michigan from the 80s, but if you're a Detroit suburb, there's got to be some sort of overflow from Detroit happening, I would think. Yeah. And also, especially because it's like their high school is not, um, is not necessary. you know, none of them are like, it's not like a high, high income. It's, it, it, there are low income students. So yeah. that would be like, well, it's not like they're in some like white suburbia. Right. Which they kind of are, I guess, but. It does leave room for diversity. They're just yeah. Their socioeconomic status of everybody in the school isn't the same. Whereas like nowadays, like my high school, the high school I went to was like that's where all the rich kids went. And fair, there was a lot of BMWs in the parking lot. Yeah, same. <laughs> Amy, I love it when you stop by. I feel like it's thank you such great conversation, and I really appreciate your time today. And can you please tell our friends where they can find you if they want to keep up with you online? Sure. The best places to find me are on Instagram or Twitter. I recommend Instagram before Twitter. Yeah. Um, and for both places, that's at the Amy Albertson. So at the A-M-Y-A-L-B-E-R-T-S-O-N. And holler at me. Slide into my DMs. <laughs> nice. 
and friends you can find us on instagram as always we are at pop culture makes me jealous we will link to amy's insta so that way you can follow her journey and get an education like i have been and i really appreciate it thank you uh no thank you for all your work that you put into that i know it takes a lot of time so i am definitely growing and i appreciate that Ugh, amazing friends thanks for tuning in y'all until next time bye love our show and want to support it there's a few ways you can do that become a supporter of ours on patreon for ten dollars a month and receive ad free episodes with bonus content or you can write a review and rate our podcast wherever you find your podcasts and if neither of those are your style go ahead and find us on instagram give us a follow and share our video clips with your friends we're on ig as pop culture makes me jealous Pop Culture Makes Me Jealous is written, edited, and produced by me, Julia Washington, your host. Thanks for tuning in, y'all. Until next time.